Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 14th day of December 2017. Hope everyone's ready for Christmas. We're getting there. Uh, I'm still looking for my Christmas tree. I think I lost it. Well, anyway, we're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser. And today our guest speakers, uh, Travis Stuttered. And uh, we're going to continue on. We had a, a show here a couple weeks ago, and we didn't get it completed uh, you know, we were, my land's discussed, it turned out we were discussing everything, but uh, this has to do with this new uh, uh, bill that they're working on, or, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll let uh, Travis kind of get into that again, and we can kind of react it and get her get her going here. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Travis? I'm doing great, Gerald. It's good to be back with you again. I don't know if uh, if uh, either didn't totally bomb it the first time or if I was just too long-winded and didn't get through it, but either way, I'm glad to be back with you for a second time. So I had fun well, the first time. Looking forward right. to it. Uh, because I'm sure a lot of members are like I am. Uh they think they were here, but they're not sure. <laughs> so, uh, but we're doing good. We'll rehack it. Because it is an important thing, it's up and coming, and we have some things to add to it anyway. So, uh, uh, you know, we want to be sure everyone's up to date as much as possible. Well, that sounds good. Um, well, I'm trying to remember kind of where we were last time, but we were talking about uh, what a lot of people are calling the appeals reform, uh, and the I think the actual title of it is the Veterans Appeals Improvement and Modernization Act of 2017. So sounds really great. Uh, of course, Congress did their usual of, of you know, convincing us just by the title that it's going to be fix all of our problems and ills. So uh, like we were talking about last time, we'll see if that actually plays out to be the case. But, uh, uh, you know, this is what they passed and the president signed back in August of of this year. And, um, you know, we were talking last time and, you know, it's funny how VA law can change so quickly because we were going through this and saying that, you know, the legislation has been passed, but it's not into effect yet. And that's, I think this is something we can talk about tonight, but, um, VA is actually trying to put this into effect as we speak. And I've gotten some notice of this, uh, since our last podcast. So, um, we can talk about whether people want to go down that road, but it's not supposed to go fully online, I think until February of 2019. So, um, 
veterans should have some time to sort some of this stuff out until they're forced into the system of, of the new appeals process versus what we have at the current point. So, um, but they do have a pilot program that people can, can opt into if they so desire. So, which I guess leads to the question, do people want to get into this or, or not, you know? Um, and I think that I'll, I'll give you my best lawyer answer on that, which is it depends, uh, <laughs> depends on, yeah. depends on what you like and what you <laughs> like in the VA process and also I think where your claim stands as well and what you have well, that's, already that's in true. it. I, I think it, uh, a lot of that is going to depend on how your claim has been structured through the evolution of it because these claims uh, take a life of their own on and uh, when you get up to that point uh, you know you Sometimes you have some serious decisions to make, and and this may turn out to be one of them, whether you want it to continue on under the current process or you want to take the opt-out deal for, uh, you know, uh, it's yay or nay. Uh, so uh, it's something to think about. I mean, you know, I'd give it considered considerable thought if I was a veteran. Yeah, and I think it, you know, and basically kind of running through those, I mean, you've got um, it's if you're, you know, if you've got the decision um, with your, where you've got your ratings decision, then you can file your, you know, normally under the current process, you'd be filing your NOD most likely on it. Um, you know, there's a couple of different ways you can can go with it under this new appeals process. And just kind of running through those quickly again. First of those is the higher level review, and it's not exactly like it, but it's most akin to our our DRO process that we have now. So it's still staying at the uh, you know at the regional office level. Uh, but the 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 biggest caveat I would put on that is it, it's different in the sense that you know if, if you've been through the DRO process or you're familiar with it, you can always submit new evidence. You can have a hearing, uh, but not under this current or, or under the new system. You're going to be limited to whatever evidence is already in the record. So that's a, a you know a huge change if you opt for that higher level review option number one but but then again i mean if you have a legal error only and it's not a matter of needing additional evidence to prove your case then you know if you if you trust them to to make a correct legal interpretation on your claim then then maybe you want to go that that route with it um and the other one staying at the regional office level would be the uh, a supplemental claim which is uh, where you're submitting additional evidence, what they call you know, under the new system, new and relevant evidence. And at that point, you're you're almost resubmitting your claim with something additional, kind of like if you've had a claim before that was denied and you didn't appeal it, and then you wanted to reopen it uh, where you needed something additional, what they call new and material under the current system. 
it's it's fairly close to that, although one benefit under this new one with the supplemental claim is that your effective date is preserved so long as you do it within a year of that of that decision. So I think that's something that uh, as we were talking about last time, I think could be a good a good option uh in in some circumstances. Really I to me uh, if those were my two options, I, I'd be hard pressed to go with a higher level review. You know, I don't know why. Um, in most claims that I see, at least, you know, there's probably some piece of evidence somebody still needs. So uh, I'd be hesitant to just to give up my right to submit something additional that's going to make my claim better. You know, um, that doesn't sound like a good good way to get locked in to me. Uh, I don't know. I think that would be the time you'd want to have a serious talk with your attorney or uh, someone that's been down this road and and understands the procedure. Uh, uh, You know, should I do this? Should I do that? And uh, someone that's familiar with your claim. And that's, uh, you know, it's going to depend on everybody's claim, and everyone's claim's a little different. Uh, some might be able to just slide a run on through there and say, hey, let's let's go for it and uh, go ahead and move it up. But uh, there'll be some and say, look, I just found this evidence here, and I'm going to submit it. I feel it's important to my claim. Um then those those folks, if you do have new new evidence or additional evidence that you just acquired, at least you have a alternative route to take. And right. uh, I believe that's important. So uh, you have to make that decision when you get to it. Right, and I think one thing in this, and again, some of this is all pretty fluid still at this point because we don't have all the regulations in place that are going to flesh out, again, this framework that that Congress has has given to us. So, uh, you know, as they say, the devil's in the details. But one thing that is provided for in the the Act is that uh, you should be able to, you know, if you get in that situation where you elected, let's say, the higher level review, which means no uh-huh. new evidence, then uh, you know you finally stumble across those that smoking gun service record that you've been hunting for for years, and, and you finally it turns up. Uh, there, as as I understand it, there is going to be the possibility to to you know switch horses midstream, and uh, if you if you're going down one, you can switch to another track if if you want now again that's kind of the broad picture you know we'll have to see what's in there that makes sure that you can actually do that and do it effectively and not lose any rights or anything in the process but um uh from my understanding you will be able to uh change that at some point along the way so so that could provide some some additional, you know, peace of mind well, to you. Well, at least it, it, you know, it does give you 
the avenue of some options. And and like he said, they're not through with this yet. And uh, so we, although we know something's coming down the road, we need to stay up on this uh, so we know what's going to be the bottom line. That way people can be thinking about it as they're progressing on. Um, and there's no telling what the finished uh, burbage is going to be uh, right now. Right. Well, you're right. It's going to be up, you know, the secretary's going to adopt that policy, and we'll see uh, what's in there. I mean, because, again, this changing options, I mean, I think the language says that, you know, you can't switch until it's adjudicated or that option is withdrawn. So presumably if you withdraw that option, then you have the option of selecting another. So, um, but, but again, we'll have to see exactly how that plays out. There's just, there's just a lot at this point that we, we don't know. And, and unfortunately I think some, you know, some veterans are going to take some lumps along the way probably. And, Go through the school of hard knocks and figure out what works and what doesn't. And share that with I'm each other, sure which, is that. Why, which is why forums <laughs> like this are good for for y'all to get the word out. So um, uh, yeah, and we'll stay up to date on it. As soon as something new develops, we for sure want to let let everyone know, <clears throat> uh, so it's not quite a surprise on them. Uh, you know, it's horrible to send in a form and turn around. Uh, happens in the back, well, that wasn't a trash can because instead of form ABC, it was ABC2. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and they've, they've certainly done that. <laughs> and you're sitting yeah. there wondering what happened. So, uh, yeah, we want to keep up to date on that as much as possible. And, and what's your your take on this, uh, uh, Travis? On this uh, IU, uh, there's talk now that they're going to uh, increase the uh, qualifications where uh, you have to there'll be different qualifications to qualify for IU. Uh, and uh, how do you think that's going to affect people? Have you been able to look at that at all? I've looked at it some, and I tell you, uh, you know, IU's coming under attack from so many different directions. It, it's almost hard to keep up with uh, all the different <laughs> different angles they're coming at it from. Uh, you know, you've got. Uh, some talk out there about, um, it, you know, well, the Congressional Budget Office, they're the ones looking at this and they're the, you know, the number crunchers and they're seeing what, how much is being paid out to, you know, to veterans and, and uh, you know, they're comparing these guys that would be at, otherwise paid at, say, 60% and then they're actually drawing their 100%, which... You know, it's about what eighteen hundred dollars a month difference, I think, or something like that. So, um, and then you multiply that out over the number of veterans, and they're seeing all the billions of dollars that they could could save. Um, 
you know, I think the one you may be referring to is this one from from last week. And but yes. An, uh, yes. another one I'll talk about first is, you know, they've talked about, uh, you know, right now under current law they're not supposed to look at consider age as part of as the uh, equation and and whether somebody is unemployable or not. Obviously, the older someone gets, their employment opportunities decrease i think as a general rule most of us would would agree with that but there's good reasons behind the policy to say we're not going to consider whether a veteran's 28 or 68 or 78 in in determining you know whether they draw at the 100 percent level so um you know there's talk about phasing them out and put them putting them back at their scheduler rating whether that's 60 or 70 or 90 or whatever which is going to be a big uh, would oh, be a big drop in, in benefits, um, yeah. and uh, you know it's going to hurt our obviously. I mean, it would hurt our older veterans uh, directly, and um, you know, and VA's argument or the Congressional Budget Office. Uh, I mean, the Secretary has brought this up is is well, when you reach these ages, you're not. Uh, you normally wouldn't be working anyway, and uh, well, you'd be drawing I, a lot of drawing Social Security, and that's what they're basing their their little, uh, as far as I'm concerned, misdeeds on. They say, look, this guy drawing Social Security too, plus he's getting IU. Uh, let's drop his IU because his Social Security's in, in effect. Right. Well, and, and uh, that's got to be wrong. Well, and my question back to them is, well, let's compare that disabled veteran's Social Security check every month uh, to, you know, his brother who is not drawing IU, continued to work until 65 or 68 or whatever, and yeah. paid into Social Security that whole time. And let's compare their Social Security benefits. And, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, uh, everything else being equal, uh, or ten times out of ten, if every if their earnings are similar and everything else, the one who worked until full retirement age is going to have more Social Security to draw. So uh, he's been – he's already uh, suffered economically from – uh, from being removed from the the workforce for so many years, and and uh, you know I think on average uh, I was looking at some of these numbers from uh, again uh, the Congressional Budget Office puts them out. Uh, they were kind of when they were floating this idea and seeing how it was going to respond. I think they said the the average age was um, I believe it was like 56 years old. For somebody going on to IU, and uh, which there, you know, right there shows that they're at least, you know, missing 10 years of paying into Social Security. So, um, yeah, most I think most start collecting it in their 50s. But you know, we've got guys nowadays. I mean, we've got Gulf War, uh, you know, and Afghanistan guys that are much much younger, especially with the you know, 70 or 100 percent PTSD that uh, and they're going to be drawing this for 
30 years and then they're going to hit retire what we call retirement age and um then they're going to be drawing social security off of their uh, enlisted pay and the job they had at a fast food place before they enlisted you know and it's going to be peanuts so uh, yeah it's not going to be much uh, it's not going to it's not going to uh pay for it and besides the fact that uh uh, there's a growing trend across the country, I think, of, of older people continuing to work beyond traditional retirement age. I mean, Social Security acknowledges that. Just, I mean, they've, and part of it's for other reasons, just budgetary, but you know, the retirement age keeps bumping up. You know, it used to be a hard 65, and now it depends on your birth year and, and goes up to age 67 at this point. But, uh, you know, they even... Their own statistics say back in, I think, 2010, uh, which is probably greater now, 35% of, of men, so more more than one out of three between ages 65 and 69 were still working. And, yeah. uh, you know, age 75 and older, you still have 10% that are working. So, uh, you know, if that holds true in the veteran community, anything like that's going to, you know, one out of 10 of age 75 or older are going to be, uh, losing something when they really would be working if they could. So um, that I, I don't know. I I guess we'll see. I, I think politically that's going to be extremely unpopular when you're you know we're talking about disabled veterans coupled with senior citizens uh, at that point. Those are two two groups you usually well, don't want to mess with. But we'll see what happens. You know. <laughs> well, you know, you take like. I got my Social Security disability when I was uh, 58. And, of course, I didn't apply for IU. I didn't have no service connection for anything. However, had I been service connected like uh, 60% or 70% or something, and they jumped me in there 30% for IU. And then they come back and the BA says, well, now wait a minute. We've determined you no longer qualify for IU. Uh, we have to go to the scheduler 70%, and that's what you're going to get paid at. Now, that individual who had qualified for uh, Social Security disability, all of a sudden the VA says now he can work or he, he there's something he can do. And then, uh, of course, Social Security is going to side in with the VA, and they do keep each other well-informed. Oh, yeah. I can see some issues there. And then Social Security says, look, you're not disabled. VA says you can work. Uh, you can do something. You can sharpen pencils. Uh, you can uh, uh, whatever, be a Walmart door greeter, you know. Uh, but there's something you can do. So that's going to affect a lot of people. And then, well, it, then yeah. it continues on as... 
as you get into this thing, you know, when you get up to 65, and then the BA says, oh, wait a minute, we can't give you IU because now you qualify for a piddly uh, Social Security check. And uh, it'd be near nothing, but it'd still be one. And we don't want to pay you unemployability. So this this going to affect a lot of veterans, and I hope everyone, uh, all the powers to be out there, paying attention to this thing, because it could it could get real ugly. Well, and and the whole intent is to have it affect a whole lot of veterans. I mean, the part of their push is the savings that they're going to see from this, which they're saying, uh, you know, kind of looking at some of the the people that are drawing now, if they, you know, if you ran the numbers from 2015 to 2023, so that eight year span, they're saying they would save $15 billion. Uh, so that's almost $2 billion a year in benefits to, uh, to affected veterans that would be lost. I mean, that's just a, a tremendous, you know, blow, which again, we're not talking about, uh, of course, just the veteran. I mean, they have, you know, spouses and families and 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 oh, all of that that comes that. along with it. So that's you know you're you're affecting uh, just a, a vast number of of people at that point. Um, I mean, I think yeah, they're talking about that, yeah, they'd lose their schooling, uh, champ BA, uh, uh, you know. Uh, my lands, that'd be devastating to the veteran community. Uh, yeah, I think they're talking about uh, back in the statistics I saw back in 2005, which was kind of the most recent numbers that they had available when they were floating this idea, was that it, there was about 80,000 veterans over the age of 65, which I'm, I'm sure at this point, 12 years later, it's that number is, is even quite higher than the 80,000. So, um, yeah, this is going to, yeah, that would that'd be devastating to, well, you know, literally a whole generation, I think, of, of those who served us. So, Well, the um, BA, ever since I've been fooling with them, have always brought up uh, about IU and about... Uh, PTSD. That's two things they jump on every time they get a chance. And eventually, they're probably going to get one of them taken care of. You know where it's it, and and uh, uh, there's a lot of real sick PTSD veterans out there that actually need serious help, and a lot of them not getting it. And I think. It's being more and more recognized every day. But um, well, you're right. I mean, Gerald, that's what I was about to say. You're, you know, they're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul here. You know, they're they're trying to take it from the the Vietnam generation, and because they, you know, they now have this influx of of um, you know Gulf War and Iraqi freedom, enduring freedom uh, veterans who 
uh, I mean, one thing is nowadays I think there is more awareness of, of especially on the mental health side, you know, a lot of Vietnam veterans are just now applying for PTSD and acknowledging it where it's a little bit more in the open for the younger generation, which means there's more claims and, and they're starting to pay out more benefits there. And rather than doing what should be done and, and increasing, you know, the overall VA budget, they're just trying to take it out of one pile and pay it to another pile of veterans. And, and, uh, you know, just because more get disabled doesn't mean the older ones aren't disabled anymore. So uh, that's exactly right. And, and, uh, why don't they, why don't they take some of these bonuses and all this money they keep (laughs) being accused of sloughing off millions of dollars. I didn't know that the BA owned some five-star hotels that they were leasing out on 99-year leases, but they got several of them they've spent bukus of money on. Why ain't that going to the veterans instead of, you know, is the BA in business for themselves, evidently? Kind of like uh, working for the company store. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, but I think the other one you were talking about, the other attack is is this uh, where they were. Uh, I don't know. Were you talking about this tinkering they've done on its uh, what is it three point three two one where they on the extra scheduler evaluations with. Um, that that's kind of the newest one where if you know if your disability doesn't on the extra scheduler if if your disability doesn't meet the or the the ratings criteria don't fully contemplate your disability and how it impacts you in various ways then VA is is allowed but not just allowed but you know required to uh uh consider what they call extra scheduler and evaluations, which means should the rating actually be higher than what the VA regulations say most disabilities, you know, most, if you're looking at a knee disability, you know, most knees are going to fall within these categories here. Um, But you can have things where it it doesn't, you know, Uh, you have unusual situations. And um, in the past, there's, there's been this back and forth with in uh, 3.321. The way it did read was uh, it talked about it in disabilities in the singular and the plural. So it, uh, if the impairment, uh, the disability or disabilities, and uh, which meant that you could kind of consider the cumulative effect or how these various service-connected disabilities interacted with each other and created a bigger disability picture than what than what the regulations typically contemplate for the vast majority of, of veterans. Because you're always going to have these outliers who just don't, you know, you don't fit into the neat little box that most other people with a similar injury would. So, and then kind of, that, that's been going on for quite some time and, and, VA got 
slapped around by the courts a little bit and told that uh, when it says disability or disabilities, that means what it says, which is you <laughs> have to consider, you know, you have to, you can't just consider one isolated disability by itself. And uh, um, so VA's response to that has been basically rewriting that regulation to say um, a single disability. And so you only look at each one in, in isolation, which, um, you know, anybody with any sort of disability or, or health problem knows that, you know, I mean, we, we learned that back in preschool, right? I mean, you're, knee bones connected to your hip bone and your, you know, all the, how the little song goes. I mean, it, one thing affects another thing. And, and, uh, it's just the, the court in that case had it, had it right, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's not very hard to imagine that the cumulative effect of several disabilities is greater than each one taken, taken by itself. And, um, that there was a case. Uh, uh, yeah. Last week, uh, we had uh, Dr. Bash on, and he brought up an interesting subject. He said, now that went uh, like you had a foot injury or something, and you were claiming on it, now the VA has switched over, so that's not a real foot injury. That is a sprain. Uh, or a knee injury. That's a sprain. And uh, he said, that, uh, so you really got to have your ducks in a row if you're claiming a foot or knee or hip or back injury. That's a strain. Um, uh, so that's something here we're going to have to start watching for. Uh, the VA claiming that so they can get out of pain for uh, you know, uh, a damaged knee or damaged foot or whatever. Right. And if you look, you know, uh, if you, yeah, because I mean, normally if you have a sprained ankle or a strained back, then, uh, you know, those are things that when, you know, when you go to the doctor and you get that diagnosis, you always leave with a big sigh of relief because you know that those things get better, right? No, it's yeah. not broken. Yeah. It'll be give it a couple of weeks and I'll be good to go. So, but you know, I've, uh, we've all seen it, you know, if you review enough of these ratings decisions where, uh, I mean, somebody has been service connected for a back strain. Well, clearly there's more going on there than a pulled muscle in, in his back that happened 12 years ago. You know, I mean, there's, there's uh, an actual, change in his anatomy somehow or or in his nerves in the back or, or something is something is different rather than just a pulled muscle which is to me what a strain or a sprain is so yeah. uh, yeah. you know um, but, I but, think it's a pretty serious thing it gives the BA an option you know the ability to they look, uh, you you know, you're walking, dragging that one leg because of a strain. 
It ain't because of an injury, you know, and that'll get better maybe in a hundred years. But uh, we don't need to service connect that. And uh, that's one of their new game plans. So uh, they've been doing for a while. For all these new changes that they try to come up with. They've been doing it for a while. It first started in the C-spine or the or your spine. You know, you had cervical yeah. strain, and uh, they treated it different. You know, in order to order to get the highest rating they give you on a on a on a on that issue would have been a six percent rating, and that would be with uh, doctor ordered bed rest so many days out of the month. And uh, then it started in you know your disc and things like that. And it was all that they had two categories. They had one for the muscle skeletal, the spine, and then they had one for the for the disc. And uh, you know it depends on how they rated it. You know, good medical evidence helps. You know, especially MRIs and things like that. The back of you know show the picture of your body, and it, it can, you know it can show what's wrong with you. And that's you know good things as long as they pay attention to it. Right, which is not going to come from your C and P exam. So uh, you're going to have to get your. But you're exactly right. I mean, if you can get what they call the objective diagnostic test, your MRI, your your X-ray for certain things. Although X-rays, obviously, on a disc issue, are not going to show anything other than how close together your the bones in your spine are, the disc, but uh, or the vertebrae, but. Uh, but yeah, that MRI, the CT scan, uh, you get those things. Sometimes the EMG, the nerve test can. Uh, oh yeah, I've had them. Gonna show. <laughs> yeah. If you got secrets, they can bring them out of you. That's what I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll light you up, huh? Yeah. But no, that tells me the importance of getting an independent medical opinion or independent medical examination of the situation because if you, you know. Sometimes these CMP docs, you know, they work with the VA, and sometimes they're blinded by a little bit. Of course, the regional office too. They're they're kind of uh, benevolent too because uh, I've been to CMP exams where I've seen a bunch of loaded questions in the in, in the exam request of the doctor, and uh, they're they're fishing for something when 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 they write the request for the exam, they write, you know, write the doctor a note, and you know, and, uh, they try to they try to go fishing even though they're not medical professionals. You know, they should be. You know, they're not. Uh, you know they're not uh, met. You know, well, I guess they are medical professionals, but they're not lawyers. You know, so I guess they don't have a they don't have a license to practice law, and uh, you know lawyers don't have a license to practice medicine. So you've got two, you got two, you know, two different angles going at each other. <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah. But uh, but you know it's it, it, I mean there's so many ways that you can come at all this stuff. I mean. Uh, which again, I mean, because you know your doctor. When you, I mean, the record you read, if you if you get your medical records, he, he may say you know the patient strained his back or or whatever. But it, really and truly, your your you know the medical profession as a whole, uh, they don't just have a name for it. They actually have codes. You know, I mean, there's I think it's ICD. Codes, diagnostic codes. Yeah, so uh, you know there there may be one for a strain, but there's also one for a herniated disc, and in each one of those, hurt and cervical and lumbar and and all the rest. So um, 
you know, if you if you kind of dig into that and get into the weeds on it a little bit, you can can show that, you know, even though even perhaps I claimed it on my application as a strain because hey, I'm just a I'm just an infantryman, you know, I'm no doctor, I don't know, but here's what my doctor said about it that, uh, you know, I've actually got a herniated disc at L4 or 5 and, and, uh, that's actually the cause and here's the ICD code for it. And, uh, uh, you know, and you may put in your decision that it was a strain, but it's not a strain because he's, he's pinpointed exactly what my diagnosis is. So, um, you know, yeah, you, you need to be on the, on the lookout for that. Because like you say, I mean, if, if you run into a, a reduction in rating situation or something, they say, well, your strain is resolved. Well, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, but I tell you what, my herniated disc is still there. And, uh, that was really what was being symptomatic to begin with. So, because it was on the MRI, like you said, back here when you rated me the first time. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many different factors involved in that though. That, you know, I mean, it, it just in the spine itself, you know, when there's so many different nerve issues and things like that, it's, it's, you know, it takes a really good, Really good neurologist and real surgeon to even figure it out. Right, and and of course you got the others who, um, you know, their their back is killing them, but they don't. So they kind of ignore that numbness in their leg, and uh, they, you know, a lot of people don't have any idea that the two are connected. That you know that yeah. the the disc is pushing on the nerve in the spine and the low back is actually causing the numbness or pain or tingling in the in the thigh or foot or, or what have you. So uh, they don't claim it and VA doesn't rate it at that point. I, I've seen that a number of times where, um, you know, they don't, they don't give the full benefit that they should because uh, nobody brought it up to their you know, to their attention. So that's, again, working with your doctor and, and getting an understanding of what your condition is and what all it affects. Uh, I've seen veterans walk around with a drop foot, and they said the service naked for your back at 60%. The guy's walking around, his foot slamming the ground because he's dropping it because of nerve damage. Right. Um, he's actually got loss of use of the foot and didn't realize it. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's been getting... <laughs> Special right. monthly or something for it, but uh, you know, and and like you say, I mean, in the in the neck, it doesn't go down your legs. Well, actually, in certain situations, if you have myelopathy, it can affect your legs. But traditionally, most of the time, it's going yeah. from your neck into your arms. So um, that's yeah. that's something. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, the worst for. part about a neck injury is the paralysis of the diaphragm. If you ever get one that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's very rare, but it's right. Well, and, and of course, if it's in that thoracic, that middle part of your back, uh, unfortunately, just mm-hmm. about any doctor you go to, any surgeon is going to tell you we don't do that. Um, it's hard to find a thoracic surgeon to begin with, and it's hard to find one who will say give you good odds on a successful surgery. Now, whereas if your neck or low back, then then you know, there's lots of uh, procedures that can be done to relieve that. But, uh, but yeah. So, but I mean, the, the uh, I don't know. Some of this we'll have to see on the on the um, not taking into account uh, more than one disability 
in terms of of it being worse than the the scheduler ratings apply. When I, I was looking at this stuff earlier and and came across a case which kind of, in my mind, totally encapsulates it. it it's where a veteran, you know, he has a he had foot and knee problems which kept him from standing more than about 15 or 20 minutes. So what naturally what should you do if you can't stand up more than 15 or 20 minutes? You go sit down, right? Uh, yeah. The only problem he had was he had severe hemorrhoids as well. So oh my. poor guy couldn't sit. By the poor time guy. he sits down, he he decides he wants to get back on his bad foot and knee at that point, you know. And, uh, you know, but if you, if you take this new reading of 3.321, it's, well, you know, the ratings contemplate only being able to stand 15 or 20 minutes. And so you just go sit down. And then on the other hand, all right, let's look at your hemorrhoids now. Well, you know, it, when you can't sit anymore, just walk around and stand up for a few hours, you know. And uh, <laughs> the vet's saying, are you crazy? You know, there's no way you can. <laughs> there's a saying for that. I won't say it on your show, but, uh, you know, you can't win either way you go with it. So, uh <laughs> It's twenty-two. <laughs> exactly. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, but uh, um, but since we're, since we're kind of jumping around again a little bit, Gerald, I was going to I wanted to go back for just a minute on the uh, on the appeals issue. Yes. Uh, yes. The um, real quickly, you know, because I think one thing we didn't talk about last time much was. It, it's also changed your options at the Board of Veterans Appeals a little bit. And so if you file the NOD at this point, again, there's not going to be an, a form, uh, an SOC statement of case or a uh, Form 9 that you'd have to file. You'd essentially be going straight to the BVA at that point. And, um, you know, real quickly on that, you've kind of basically got three options once you are filling that out. The first one's going to be, and the idea behind this is kind of tracking similar appeals together on a in terms of speed of of that docket. Uh, so your first one, you you can have a hearing uh, before the board, and at that you can you can present additional evidence um, before the board before the veterans law judge. Uh, another option is submitting additional evidence, but doing it without a hearing, uh, which again, is, these are kind of similar to what we have now, but, but under that one, I believe you've got to, you have to submit it within 90 days of your NOD, which is again, much different than what we have at this point. So unless you've already got your evidence, you probably are not going to want to go that one. Or your, your third option is if you feel, if you feel pretty confident with what you have, you can say, I don't need you to look at anything additionally, I just want a decision. And under that, you don't submit anything new. You don't have a hearing. Uh, you just have them make a decision, which presumably would be the quickest way to, to get one if they don't have to schedule anything um, and consider anything new. They're just considering the record from from below. So, um, But then uh, you uh, revoke your your uh, appeal rights, don't you, on that one? Um, I think you can – well, after you get a decision, 
uh, as far as I know, you can still appeal from that point. Oh, I see. Yeah, and okay. and actually, if you wanted to, and this is one good thing. So if you, well, again, it's a it's a new thing. I'll at least say that. I think it's probably good for people that don't want to head up to the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Even if you get a final decision at the BVA level, uh, going back to those first three options, the supplemental claim, the um, uh, well, I guess you'd only have two. The supplemental cl- uh, well, you can go to the CAVC if you want, or you can file additional new and relevant evidence as a supplemental claim and then kind of start your whole process over again, but still retaining your effective date. So rather than going higher up, if you want to get all the way kicked to the, the lowest level, which could be a good option to go, and at least you don't have to go and get remanded by the board back down and, you know, that whole routine. I know, Gerald, you've been through that. So uh, you can, you can uh, again, submit something new that and really start back over but still have that um, effective date. And um, But like I say, I mean, there, somebody's got to be the guinea pig on this, and, and we'll see how it goes. VA is – I don't know. Have you all heard about the um, – kind of this pilot program they're doing, this what they call the RAMP program. The RAMP. Yeah. No, I haven't heard about that one. It's, 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 it's uh, Rapid Appeals Modernization Program is what they're calling it, and it's really the pilot program on this whole new appeals process. And uh, it's, like I say, it's voluntary at this point. Nobody has to do it, uh, and it's it's sort of an invita- invitation only type thing you, you can they've started it they started actually in November and i think they mailed out 500 invitations to to veterans if, to ask if they wanted to participate in it and opt into it uh and then they did some more in December and i've actually got a copy of it i've uh, i've gotten um a, a couple of these on claims on appeals that we have in the process. They started with basically trying to do some of the older ones in the process that have been hanging around for years. And so they sent out 5,000 more in, in December and they're going to keep doing that. I think they're going to do 10,000 in January. They're going to do, I think 25,000 in February and scheduled for about 30 in March. So there's going to be a flood of these letters coming by, you know, through the next few months, and and I think there's going to be a lot of veterans trying to figure out, do I want to do this or not? I'll tell you, I've read the letter. It's several pages long. It makes it seem very, very attractive and the answer to all of your problems, and I think a lot of veterans are going to focus in, key in on, uh, you know, it says which review lane is right for you, which the review lanes are these different options I've been telling you about but they're telling you they're going to decide your appeal you you have to withdraw from the current appeals process and enter into this opt-in to this new program and uh but they're telling everybody in the letter that they're going to decide it in 125 days or less or an average of 125 days um now obviously that depends on how many people opt into it if a if everybody opts in then i I think they're going to blow their timeline just like they have every other one they've artificially set <laughs> along the way. Um, 
and there's only going to be two regional offices that are, if you go to, uh, if you're doing the supplemental claim or the higher level of review, the um, only Denver and Phoenix are going to be handling those. And oh. they don't have a they don't have a lot of guidance at this point, so I don't, you know, I just don't see them handling them extremely efficiently and quickly. Um, and that program is called RAMP. RAMP Rapid Appeals Modernization Program is what they're calling it, oh. and it's so they're they're sending out a. a sort of a generic letter it doesn't really address your particular issues in your appeal but if you get one of those letters you can opt into it um if you if you want i'm i'm a little hesitant at this point just because you know I, they've you know they the va playbook that they have is is the m21-1 mr you know it's their yeah. internal guide that they use that it's their how-to book and uh they don't even uh, this ramp program is not in the m21 at this point <laughs> they they have some they have a document with draft written across it that says working draft uh pre-decisional deliberative document. Uh, so I don't know if it, I assume they're supposed to use this. Um, you know, they've, they've at least put it together and it's, I don't know how many pages it is here. It's probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 pages or more, but, um, something else to keep it, up with, something else to keep up with. And, and, uh, you know, now this it won't be available at the BVA. It's basically going to be those first two supplemental claim or higher level uh, review. But it basically, if you go into it, the way it says is that you're withdrawing all of your appeals, and uh, and I, which I assume means they're all into this new. You can use the ramp program for all of those appeals. But you know, I've got a veteran who has some quite old appeals and some brand new appeals and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know, getting back to how we started the show, it depends on where your claim is and, and, uh, what you need to still show and prove and, and develop on it as to whether one of these is going to be better for you than, than another. Um, you know, all of his are not the same. So, I don't, you know, I really don't know if I want to get into that process or, or not. However, again, my reading on it is that you can do different, um, different review lanes for different, uh, different issues. So if you wanted to have one go this way and one go another way, I think you can do that. But, um, but yeah, so if you're listening, you may get one of these letters here. If you haven't already, you may get one in January, February, March, um, and it kind of lays it out. I would, my caution would be, don't don't get sucked in by the the 125 days that they're telling you that they'll they'll handle this because they know a little bit more than we do about it at this point and how it's going to work. And uh, I don't know, I. Somebody has to be the guinea pig. I just don't know if I want to be it, you know. Uh, um, 
Well, it's something we need to stay up to date on and keep track of, see what uh, my lands, uh, they're trying to throw a lot of new stuff at us here all of a sudden. And, and it's coming uh, fast, you know. Like I said, this, is, I didn't really, even know about this a few weeks ago when we talked. Uh, this this well, hit after that. First and, I, I might have read it, but I, I'll read so much I could have forgot, but I don't remember reading it. So it's uh, not been too well publicized. Uh, we need to get some people looking at it, I guess. See what in the world uh, you got to be careful of the moves you make. <laughs> There's right. deep holes out there. <laughs> well, and you know, and if everybody and if everybody did jump on board with it, then. Uh, like I said, there's only two regional offices that are going to be handling these. So, uh, like I said, I mean, all you're going to do at that point is uh, create a backlog in those offices. And, uh, you know, again, this whole thing was intended to to deal with the appeals backlog. And I, I'm of the belief that at some point you've just got to decide all of these claims and appeals you can't just keep pushing them between the BVA and the regional office level back and forth. And certainly if you're, if you're not using the full force of all of your regional offices, then um, you're probably just going to be creating more of a backlog wherever they're trying to wade through this new process. I just got an email from the VA yesterday. It says that uh, since you last filed a VA disability claim, they've improved the process by launching the decision ready claims process and it goes into some instruction <laughs> decision ready claims uh, we had the fully developed claims process yeah. <laughs> decision ready claims oh process God. it says you can now file a DRC for the following claims direct service connection presumptive service connection secondary service connection increased disability DIC and pre-discharge claims so, Gerald, you got a copy oh, right in your inbox. <laughs> oh, my. Go from FDC to, what is it, DRC. So. <laughs> DRC. <laughs> so, they got the denial weight. Wing. That's kind of like going to DRC. <laughs> That's kind of like Gerald going to St. Louis for a DRO here and the decision to beat him home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, boy, I was upset over that. But anyway, <laughs> and the DRO gal never said a word. Sitting there, and, yeah, they're not good people, folks. <laughs> you better <laughs> investigate and research every little thing you do, and they sound like they're. VA's coming up with more stuff you can shake and stick at. Uh, it'll take a pretty thick book to write all this down. It's, uh, but maybe someday, sometime there'll be something good in there. We wouldn't recognize it. But <laughs> Travis, I'll fold you a copy of this. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I like I say, I'm you know, you see something new every day in this, so uh, I'd be happy to, <laughs> happy to see it. 
Uh-huh. You got to stay on top of this stuff, man. That's your that's your bread and butter. That's right. <laughs> it's almost as bad as workers' comp claims, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's the other ball of wax there. But well, at any rate, they're uh, look like they're doing something. Whether we can keep up with it or not is beyond me. I can't keep up with what we have. Right, yeah. Um, it's. Um, but one for these shows and the archives, you have to go back and listen to a show every once in a while and you say, oh, that's right. Uh yeah, well, yeah, I give them credit. I mean, we've been, you know, everybody's been talking about fixing the system for a long, long time, and whether this is the answer to it or not, it's, you know, we'll, it's a, hopefully it's a start at least. I mean, it's, you know, get an A for effort at least, you know, um, rather than just talking about it. If this doesn't work, I can try something else. Just like the yeah. FDC didn't work, well, let's try the DRC, you know, so, um but um, honestly, well, honestly, let's hope uh, something years. comes. Something good comes of it. Uh, it's something here. Yeah, you right. on your own special cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. Well, as long as your claim is well granted, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You remember granted. them days? You remember those days? Yeah, it was deep in the ground. <laughs> Not well grounded. But um, no. So let's keep hoping something beneficial jumps out here, and we say, "Look, let's let's get on to this. This might be yeah. just the cat's meow. We don't know." And uh, until it's proven, uh, you got to prove these, a lot of this up because you can try whatever you want. And as soon as you do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk too many claims on one thing. No, I think you're going to have to uh, play around. Take your best guess for the period, you know, for the time being, and and uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to take a little bit of experimentation by, you know, some people can do it. Like I said, you can take different routes within your own case, uh, but also mm-hmm. uh, compare notes with with other people who have gone down a different review lane or whatever you want to call it and see what their experience was. And, and you know, we'll probably start – I mean, I know there's – I know there's veterans that are going to jump in and opt into this program because they're going to read that 125 days and say, sign me up. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll hear from them and, and get some good feedback. And who knows, we may be late to the game. But uh, the other interesting thing in here is it doesn't really tell me how long, I, unless I missed it, how long I have to opt into it. Um, so I guess it at any point before I get a decision, I assume my letter's still valid and I can opt in. If I don't do anything, then I don't opt in. I stay where I am currently. But, uh, 
but I don't think it really – there's nothing in here that says you have 30 days to respond or, or anything uh, like that. So. Well, it'll have to be a trial and error uh, type of situation. And, too, you have to bear in mind what works at one regional office may not work at the next one. Um, although they're supposed to be used in the same laws, uh, they're certainly uh, uh, use their difference of opinions. Well, right. my opinion, that ain't the way I read this. I don't know how many times I've heard that story. That's about it, what it says. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, yeah. You well, you get different regional offices, and you get different people within the same regional office, all having their own yes, opinion. absolutely. Uh, I do so, see on here. I'll correct myself. I do see on here, on the very last page, it says to if you wish to participate, respond within sixty days of the date of the letter. So, um, which makes sense for them to know how many they're going to have in there before they send out more letters. But, um, so we'll see. Um, Have you ain't looked at a Denver Travis? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't had much out there, uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure why they why they got picked for for this one. I don't know. Have, have you had any experience with them much? Um. Not really in the claim side itself. I mean, I do a lot of stuff with the, the civilian health program out there at Champ VA. Mm-hmm. And uh, the public affairs officer, we have him on the show pretty regularly. You know, he gives us updates on things like that. And uh, but I tell you, if the VA ran the way Champ VA runs and the way that they do it, I, the VA wouldn't have much of a problem right now. Right. So you know, it's just, a, you know, but I guess it's they work in the same building, but it's a little bit different entity, I guess. So, right. Well, I think it, yeah, I think it's. A, Don't you can't be now the the presidential funds? He said. Yeah, that was issued by executive order, and this comes out of his budget. Yeah. It comes out of the presidential <clears throat> budget. You know? Did you know that, Travis? What's that? Champ VA, the uh, civilian, you know, the, the I guess it's kind of like the it used to be a campus, the insurance deal. Right. It's not really insurance. It's a government program. That was signed into law as an executive order. In order to pay for it, it comes out of the presidential budget. It's still that way. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but they're good people. They've really – we've never had uh, – an issue. I mean, you you pick up phone call them, they get right on. So they're good people to deal with. That's they run pretty smooth. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they got. That's a good deal. Well, you know, those guys want a job on the benefits side. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wish. <laughs> I sure was. We wouldn't have so much trouble with the benefit side. And yeah. It's always going to be a problem. Anytime you're dealing with a bureaucracy that big, it's going to be a problem. Well, when you have a backlog such as we do, it, it uh, always changes from the 
clean sports, and over to the appeals sports, and they just flip it back and forth. The backlog is numbers. Right. I think the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, it's kind of you know, funny, that it's kind of funny how the claims <laughs> backlog gets decreased by like 30%, but the appeal backlog increases by 30%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Somebody good. ought to study that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And the ones that get put on their pokey truck to move from one to another, I don't think are counted. So, uh, you know, everything changes. <laughs> I call it their pokey trucks. Uh, they got semis holding these claims around. <laughs> I remember the day Gerald was my father claim. They... <laughs> They'd go sit on their front porch and set up watch on the mailbox waiting for their award to come in. Yeah. <laughs> Mailing in at 10 o'clock and they expect it back before. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, something, I mean, it's not that hard to figure out. I mean, if you, if you have veterans who are living longer than, than they have in past generations and, we're having more conflicts that are, you know, subjecting more people to service-connected disabilities. Uh, you're going to have more people in your system, and you know, uh, that, and that's getting back to our earlier conversation. I mean, it, at some point, you've just got if you, you know, the fact is you have more disabled veterans. It's not just more people filing claims. You have more people who are disabled, and and uh, you can't just keep cutting the pie in different slices at some point you're going to have to make the pie bigger and and fund it accordingly and that's funding the benefits and funding the the people to administer those benefits too uh, they don't, a, they don't want to do that's a major it. issue yeah. Uh, yeah I remember when I filed my claim I wouldn't leave the house for 10 years you know I'm waiting on them to show up <laughs> but they never did <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh you know it uh, I don't know it's a mess out there and uh, shifting these claims around from one one regional office to another is certainly not the answer and yeah, I urge all veterans has got a claim open today what's your claim status and take a look at three things. Look at what you filed for. Look at your health condition, and look at your representation. You got your representation of your claim, and said, you know that's how you represented before the VA. Check into it, and see you know if if you think your representation is doing doing you the right way, and if you're in the appeal process, by all means, you know uh, it's a like you know give a person like Travis or you know another good VA attorney a chance because they're going to have a more vested interest in your claim than it would be some with other avenues. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, because your only your claim is only as good as your representation and your and and, and your evidence. Yeah, it definitely comes down to what you can uh what you can establish for sure and and uh mm -hmm. I think that gets lost on some veterans i mean they 
uh, you know, that's kind of what I see my job as a lot of times kind of stepping back from all this and, and, you know, when you've been in the middle of it for so long, you, you sort yeah. of lose sight of the forest for all the trees and, and, uh, you know, don't, don't keep arguing the same point over and over, uh, cause VA's, you know, without producing something else on that point, a lot of times, I mean, VA is just going to keep, keep denying at that point. So, you know, really, really get into, uh, you know, uh, hate to say it, but you do have to look at it from their perspective. Why, you know, why are they denying me? Do I truly have everything yeah. I need to have or just arguing this louder and more repetitively doesn't necessarily get them this. They've well, seen it. They're, you're you not going to convince them otherwise. You have a major advantage being an attorney because, I mean, at the regional office, face it, they don't throw too much legal precedent at the claims process. It really doesn't get very, you know, show very much legal precedent involving a claim until you get to the BBA or the court level. Right. And you guys, you know, you guys are you can get in practice what you've been taught, you know. So, you know, just the average Joe Schmo just can't go to the BBA or the court, you know, because make him look like an idiot. You know, when they say the the fool was the one that represents himself in court. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, that's that's why you know you guys are. You know, you you are beneficial to this process in that way. You know, it might cost yeah. him some money, but you know, if he dies getting denied, then he's not going to get any money. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's obviously. A, I'll say it. Obviously, I'm biased in the, in it being a lawyer, but uh, it, it should tell you something too, as far as how hostile VA is to having attorneys in the process. They they don't want us there um, because we, I think by and large, we try to make them do their job uh, and they don't, they don't I like that too I think the DSOs are pushing too. The well, that's that, are pushing too. They don't, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's certainly a factor as well. Uh, which to me... the hard way. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm of the mindset. There's there's just too many there's too many veterans out there that need help. And I think any VSO attorney, whatever, if they, I think there's room for for both of them in the process. I mean, I I mean I have sent people you know to VSOs, and I've had good VSOs tell tell their client when it's time to get a, an attorney involved too. You know, so. Uh, but, yeah. but you're right. I mean, there's some that think that it it's their their domain, and and uh, you know we weren't allowed into the process for so long, and we shouldn't be there now. But uh, I think there's certainly a role, <laughs> certainly a role well, for us there. Our circles, you know. I mean, we deal with this on a daily basis, you know, because we've got the website that's. You know, we run in 30,000 members, and a lot of veterans, you know, are lost. And we try to put them in the right avenue, you know, the right claims file to go to. And, you know, just over the period of the years we've been doing it, you know, we meet so many different people and so many people that, you know, that do what you do. Right. And, uh, you know, we uh, you know, we have to recommend what's going to be the most effective, you know, to get the, to get the veterans' claim on. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of, it's it's all uh, an attrition process because, 
you know, once you've been doing it as long as I have, I mean, I've been doing this over 20 years. And, uh, you know, we I know what's successful and what's not. Right. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, there's there's only one way to get one way to get that experience, and that's going through it. And uh, and yeah. I mean, that's why I think um, you know so many guys they do try to do this on their own because when when it was created, that was the idea that you would be able to do it on your own. But mm-hmm. the way it's evolved over time, it's um, and it's still, I mean, obviously it still does happen, but uh, I think groups, you know, like Had It and, and what y'all are doing here are immensely beneficial to to just, even if you are handling it yourself, trying to get the information to do it, and then hopefully realizing when, when you are in over your head too um, and need to get somebody else involved, but... Um, we're still not a whole lot of claims agents or attorneys out there doing it I mean you got some you know I know it's Bender and Bender getting involved with it now <laughs> are they um, yeah, well it's, it's, you know it's a, yeah um, it's a well it's a hard it's a hard practice to establish from a uh, just making a living standpoint quite frankly you know I mean if you're an attorney and you want to, if you're looking at doing divorce law, criminal law, or VA disability law, you know, it, you don't go in and and say, uh, take my criminal case, and if we win it, I'll pay you. You know, at the end, after it's all over, that attorney's getting his money oh, before oh, he even oh. sits down and talks to you. You know, and which oh, serves. Uh, serves several purposes, but, uh, you know, one, obviously he's thinking if this guy does get locked up, I'll never see a dime of it. But, uh, but, you know, which means he has money there to pay his light bill and his secretary, you know, so whereas you get into V8 law, that takes you years to get established. (laughs) What's that? If the if government hasn't froze their assets, you might get paid. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, VA claims, it's it's tough on everybody, really. I mean, uh, like I say, I, I tell the veterans, look, I feel for you. I know how long it is because, trust me, I'm <laughs> I'm right there with you. So, <laughs> uh, Well, that's why you got to keep, yeah. you know, you, you got to keep a certain number of claims going. You know, you have to at least, you know, about a certain number of claims. When you do win, you know, you, you'll have an income stream trickling in. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, have I don't sell got, any claims like starting out. Great deal. Yeah. Have, have you got to uh, utilize Habit uh, very much in, in your work with some of these claims, uh, Travis? You know, I, um, I'll i tell you, I really have not – utilized it as much as I probably should and and uh, it's one of those that I uh and pro- and I really think doing this with you guys I've I've kind of it's coming more to the forefront of my mind <laughs> but uh uh I I I think I probably will quite frankly I mean cuz you can I mean I'm one of those I'll I think I can learn from from anybody everybody's got something to teach me too so um 
Yeah, I think uh, quite frankly, well, I think I'll probably said. start looking at it more and and because uh, it seems to be a pretty active website and and one of those things where you you need to to monitor it on a fairly routine basis. So, um, mm-hmm. so I haven't no I had to answer your question. I haven't used it as much as I should, but I'm I'm really I was before we got on today I was looking at it a little bit and and you know reading everybody's thoughts and and. Uh, Hope to hope it's to well, jump on there a little more often if if uh, when I'm not having to do we my. We have uh, quite a few winners. I mean, you know, it's won awards, and a lot of them will put their story on there what they did and didn't do, and and uh, it could be helpful. You know, I could see where you could utilize that and maybe say, hey, this this makes sense. <laughs> well, you know, one thing about. Uh, somebody not being an attorney doing this, they're, they're probably coming at it from an entirely different perspective than I normally would, you know. Uh, and, and it may be because they just they, you know, they they haven't done this before, so they're just going to kind of start down a path. And and what I'm getting at is that they may be a lot more creative on some of these issues than some of us that do them every day, you know, because we. We get into our our accepted ways of doing it that have worked by and large, and and we don't deviate from that too much. Whereas, yeah, you can get on there and find somebody that came up with a whole new way of of proving a service connection or or whatever it is, and uh, so that's um, I think that's an interesting part of it when you've got that many people with so many different ideas coming together in one place. I think it's a, it's pretty, pretty neat concept really. Uh, and, you know, and I'll, uh, I, I mean, I think, and I, I wanted to say this last time I, we ran out of time, so I'll say, <laughs> say it now. I, you know, I know you guys put in time on this and, and I think y'all need to be commended for that. Uh, because, I know these things are not easy and take up time, but uh, I think it's a, a great resource to have out there for people on on so many issues and having the archives where people can just go and look and find something that may pertain to them. Uh, so I know there's a lot of people out there that probably appreciate that, even though they don't tell you. Yeah, well... We do this uh, trying to keep everyone updated because, you know, not all veterans, uh, and it does. It consumes a lot of time because we try to stay up to date on stuff and by word of mouth uh, from you and I don't know how many phone calls a day I get. I know John gets a bunch too. So... uh, Things pop up out of the blue, and we want to let everyone know it as quickly as possible. Might help someone from uh, generating a mistake or doing something, which is not too hard to make mistakes. But uh, anyway, uh, do you have your your phone number and the, and the name of your firm and your email address you can put out there? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can. Um, uh, somebody wants to get in touch with us, they can 
uh, do it a couple of different ways. You can call us, uh, our phone number, 770-214-8885. And uh, you can also uh, go to our website. We try to, I mean, we... I've tried to do on a much smaller scale what what you guys do, which is try to get some information out there that on, on issues I'm dealing with and whatnot. So uh, I've got a website, which is uh, winyourvetclaim.com, and uh, you can go there, and I've got articles on on different different issues relating to unemployability, PTSD, sleep apnea, um, and a lot of others too, but, um, you can do that. And then we've got, we also have videos on there and, and, uh, they're also on YouTube. If people are, uh, checking us out on that, which is Perkins Stuttered is our, our firm. Uh And, uh, so you can find us at, like I said, when your vet com. our other one, which links to that is Perkins law com. And uh, so we try to put it out there as many different ways so that people can can reach us. And uh, like I said, YouTube, uh, if you search search Perkins Stuttered, will pop up on there as well. So uh, if you if you don't like reading, you can watch. And I try to break it down in pretty short little videos, anywhere from usually two to five minutes. Sometimes I get a little long winded, but um, usually no more than about six or seven minutes and, and you can find different different topics that may apply if you're if you're up at three AM and can't sleep, I can put you to sleep for sure. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's nice to know. because uh, uh, people can come in there and, and look you over and Make a determination if they need to. If they're getting to the point where they require a an attorney to get anything done, right? Well, the I mean, my hope is obviously. I mean, there's going to be more. Here's my theory on it. There's more people out there than I can obviously help. So if I can give them something to get get a little further down the road with their claim or whatever, and and if they can work it out on their own, then by all means, go for it. And, uh, then you didn't really need me in the first place, you know, but, and then obviously if they get bogged down and if they want to reach out to me, then they can, or, or, you know, they, there's other good ones out there too. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I try to, I, and I learn a lot in the process too, just like you guys do. I'm sure, you know, you, you until you try to, teach it or explain it to somebody else you you don't really fully understand it so uh, uh i figure yeah, if i can it's... take a concept and try to explain it in three or five minutes then then uh that That's pretty you know, really got to you got to boil it down pretty good and yeah. get to the meat of it pretty quickly so yeah 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 i'm telling you that that bone be a long way off it's kind of like French kissing a rattlesnake. He made me twist. Yeah. 
But uh, that's good you're doing that. Uh, like you say, people can come through there and listen, and, and uh, uh, that can be very helpful. As a matter of fact, we had thought at one time about going uh, using video on here or on the podcast, but John's doggone ugly. We was afraid to put him, put him on there. <laughs> Um, but some people just have a face for radio, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's John. I, I've talked to him down blue in the page, and he won't, he won't do it. He said no. But uh, anyway, we're about out of time here, Travis. We really appreciate you coming on. And hope we can get you back on again. And if something new pops up, uh, uh, don't hesitate. Give us a call. There's a lot of new things coming along here from the VA. And uh, uh, see, you mentioned something there a second ago. Oh, CPAP. Uh, Sleep apnea. That's another one the doggone VA is attacking. Yeah, and I'm uh, deep in that stuff too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a dangerous that's a dangerous one, very dangerous because. Uh, uh, they got a big one coming down the pack, Huh? There's a bigger one coming down the pack. Oh, is PTSD. Yeah. Oh, PTSD. Magic yeah, Pink. they've been after that one for. Uh, they're not going to quit till they can do it. Yeah. And put something on it, and and I, you, we've we've had veterans on here with uh, and interviewed them with I, you, uh, or not I, you, uh, TBI. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those veterans really get shortchanged. Uh. Well, such and a hard condition to to evaluate. I mean, there's so well, yes, it is. You have uh, so many different facets that that are affected. That uh, I mean, if you just look at the ratings criteria on it, it'll it'll uh, make your head spin. So there's a oh, lot to wait it for minute. sure. We ran up totally out of time. I think it shut us off, didn't it? Oh. Well, anyway, Travis, I appreciate you coming on. Well, great and to be back we'll, with you. I enjoyed it and, and honored to get get the second invitation. So that was well, good. Well, that, that's good. We're, oh, we're proud you come on, I'll tell you. Uh, anything we can get, you know, anytime we can get the honest word out there and kind of get people thinking, you know. Uh, right. Pay attention. <laughs> and uh, read some of this veteran stuff. The BA has a website, but it don't put everything on there. Really. Uh, all the propaganda, maybe, they want you to believe. Uh, but uh, you can go to these different websites, and I certainly recommend had it uh, as a primary one. There's several others. But uh, we're kind of partial to had it because they've been good to us, and and uh, 
they do keep our shows in the archives, and that that's a real blessing. So, with that, I guess we'll be saying good night. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. Uh, we did, too. It's our pleasure. And we'll look forward to the next show, Travis. All right. Sounds good. Y'all take care. Okay. You, too. Bye. Well, You've been listening to the com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show. <laughs>